I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And a bouncer, circle right to DeRozan. DeRozan against Holiday. Back it in, back it in. Jump pass, right corner, Kobe. 4-3, yes! Back to back, checks. Kobe White from the right corner. 112-109 Bulls, and Bulls Nation here in Milwaukee has lit this building up. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The magic tones of Chuck Swirsky, who soon would be dancing as the Bulls beat the Bucks last night. You heard it right here on The Score, 118-113. Kobe White, back-to-back jacks. Bulls go from three down to three up. Thanks to Kobe White. It's just remarkable. The whole thing was remarkable. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on Thanksgiving. And I would be thankful if our next guest, the voice you just heard, could explain to me how the team that lost at home to Orlando proceeds to beat the two best teams in basketball, Chuck Swirsky, can you help me? Can you explain this? I'm so confused. Uh, well, number one, happy Thanksgiving, Steve and you, Mike. And, and I appreciate you having me on the show. So I don't have an answer. I wish I did. I'd like <laughs> to you know, pontificate. But it's, it's amazing what's happened in the last two games. Look at the offense against Boston and Milwaukee. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. And Chuck, last night was a really fun game, uh, to, fun game to watch. I'm sure fun game to call back and forth. Lots of great uh, plays on both ends of the court. But really, and we played the highlight coming in, you know, Kobe White with those threes at the end, really uh, the huge shots when the Bulls needed them. That has to be a big deal for Kobe White and for the Bulls. Oh, my goodness, especially, you know, with Dragic out last night. I mean, Kobe stepped up. And, I mean, the, the three ball was going down the pipe. I mean, you know, the, how many, they took over, what, 40 threes. They made 18. And Kobe had four of them. And two, obviously, at crunch time. And then Vucevic finished it off with the top side three. But it was a fun game. The atmosphere 
you know, Bulls fans bought tickets to Milwaukee for the game, and it was it was awesome. It was a great, great uh, atmosphere to be involved in. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I know you guys got a season average, but sometimes you look at that and you say to yourself, he had to earn every point. Well, last night that was the case. I thought the Bulls did a beautiful job with their game plan on them. One of the things that, that a seasoned basketball observer, anybody who watched the Bulls in the 90s, you used to hear Phil Jackson talk about floor balance. And one of the things that does is it allows the Bulls to make the extra pass, to find the guy in the right spot. They hit a season-high 18 threes. They were also able to come back defensively. They had one of their best games with 12 blocks, nine steals, and that was that was the ideal. This is the way they could play. We've seen them do that. Doing that consistently is the issue. What? Why haven't they been able to do that? Is it health? Is it rotation? Is it that they are capable of it once? They should be capable of it again and again. So what's the issue here, Chuck? Well, the issue has been, as you mentioned, Stephen, Mike, I mean, it's been inconsistency. I mean, you know, they play well in their droughts, and I get it. You know, it happens to every team. Uh, but in the case of the Bulls, I mean, I'm not expecting 30 assists a game or 12 block shots a game. And for the most part, the Bulls have done a good job blocking shots this year in the top 10 area. Uh, but, you know, they don't take a lot of threes last night. They did because they got caught up in that game with Milwaukee, which sometimes can be dangerous. But this time the three went down, which is good. And so now they're looking at consistency. And I think what you're starting to see from the Bulls rotation is that Javante Green has earned those minutes. And I'm a huge fan of Javante Green because, number one, he brings pure energy to the floor. Secondly, he runs the floor. And thirdly, he, he just gets after it defensively. He's usually playing a player that's bigger, stronger, um, and he won't give it in. And so that, that second unit with Drummond now um, has been very, very effective. And I, I like what I'm seeing now out of uh, Dosumu. He's been very aggressive going to the rim. We saw him last again, as we did tonight against Boston, take it strong to the hole, turning the corner on that right baseline for the layup. And I think things are starting together. Uh, I'll tell you what, I was very encouraged over the last two games after that debacle against Orlando. I was really down, Steve. I'm not going to lie to you. After that loss to Orlando, and Suggs hit the shot. Good for him. You know, that's what he's paid to do. But it, it just, you know, that, that game really was interesting. Yeah, that, that was a tough one, Chuck. And hopefully, I say hopefully that's something that they springboard off of. And we've seen Billy Donovan uh, come out and say, hey, listen, you know, the big three guys, meaning Vooch, Zach, and, and DeMar, have to have to pick it up and be better. And you know, DeMar last night saying, hey, listen, that's great. You know, we want to be challenged, and uh, I, hopefully that uh, helps make them better. And certainly uh, the evidence uh, the last two games has been there for the big three. No no question. And, you know, Billy um, is so good with media prior to a game, and, and you both of you have heard his media sessions. I mean, he's respectful. He answers questions, and he gives the media just enough where they can, you know, have something of substance 
But the other night when he publicly basically challenged his three from the opening tip, this is what I need out of you. Um, he caught me off guard because I've never heard him go that direction. And I don't think he was trying to light a fire as much as he was trying to basically say, you know, we're going to go as far as these two guys take us. And when we do this for opening tip, you need to make this statement. And uh, obviously, as you just said, Mike, DeRozan is, is all in as Zach is. And, you know, Vooch is Vooch. Vooch just shows up. He wants to who? And, and that's it. So it's great. Our guest is Chuck Swirsky. You hear him call Bulls games right here on The Score, along with Bill Wennington, Alyssa Bergamini. Uh, you will hear him tomorrow night. Uh, it is Bulls Thunder. Here's what scares me, Chuck. Uh-oh. Is is the the thunder <laughs> the thunder are seven and eleven, so they're a bad team. The Bulls go about beating good teams. They face <laughs> bad teams, and I I have no idea. Again, that's part of what I can't explain. So it scares me. They're going to play the Thunder, and I'm not even the the whole Billy homecoming. We already did that, but like it's a bad team. They come off beating the two best in the NBA. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what. It's reasonable from my standpoint that, like you said about the big three, Billy challenged them. Get off to a, a lead. Own a first quarter lead. Don't just not get blown out. Own a first quarter lead of 15 points. You're capable of doing that. But I don't know. I got to say that scares me tomorrow yeah. night. Well, um, number one, Oklahoma City did get off to a good start, as you know. But of late, they've struggled. They've lost three in a row, seven of ten. And they do give up 118 points a game, which is second most in the league to San Antonio. They do have a player that Billy coached briefly while he was at Oklahoma City, but the guy has blossomed into an all-star player. That's Shea Gilgis Alexander. And, uh, you know, he's in the top five in scoring. He's averaging 31 a game. And he is a brilliant player. He came over in the Paul George trade with the Clippers. So, I mean, that that's right now. He's the face of the franchise. I love that after, but this is a game for the Bulls that you go in and you take it from them. Serious, as simple as that, as you mentioned, Steve, from the opening tip, you say, you know what? We're not going to give you hope tonight. We're taking them in the first quarter, and we're going to survive your little runs here, but we're going back to Chicago with the W. And um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I really do. Because I, I, I'll say this, they're a very young team. As you know, Holmgren is out with a foot injury. You know, the highly touted player out of Gonzaga. And uh, it's an extremely young club. But a young and youth and energy sometimes uh, are essentials and assets to what you're doing on the floor. And I think you know, there's no doubt they're going to play hard. But I think the Bulls hopefully will, you know, get it done. Well, Chuck, and certainly that's one thing they did so well last year, especially uh, in the first half, first two-thirds of the season, is they won the games they were supposed to win. And I know we were joking around about them only beating the really good teams, as we've seen with Milwaukee and Boston. But this is one, like you said, they go in and they take care of their business. Uh, You've got the the star power. You've got the guys on the team that this this should be one that, that, like you said, go in and take care of business and then get out of Dodge with a victory. Yeah, I mean, you never go into a game in any sport, you know, assuming things because things happen and you can't, you know, the game's not one on paper, as everyone knows, obviously. 
So they have to go in there and, uh, you know, the, the thunder, the attendance, they're near the bottom in attendance. They used to be right up there when they had all those, you know, me- mega stars, whether it was Durant, Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, so on and so forth. But they're going to have a sellout and because the Bulls brand. And I'm not here to stroke that brand but, and, you know, you know, give fire to the flame. But I'm, I'm telling you, Steve, <clears throat> last night, I mean, we're talking, I know the distance, an hour and a half, two hours for fans to get to Milwaukee. Probably, I would say, 30% were Bulls fans at the Bradley Center when the Bulls were really good. It used to be 65 to 70%, maybe even more. But because Milwaukee has won a title two years ago, that fan base has grown and, and good for them. But when the Bulls go on the road, it's amazing how many Bulls fans there are around this country. Um, and we're going to see this in Paris as well. I'm told the Bulls fans right now in Europe are clamoring for that game. So it's going to be great. Our guest is Chuck Swirsky. He calls Bulls games on the score. He joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Something else about our guest. He has written a memoir, Always a Pleasure, in this season of gift giving. For 20 bucks, you can go to EckhartsPress.com and get a copy of Chuck's book. You can gift it to yourself because there are wonderful stories in there of a memoir about a life and career in a world of sports broadcasting from doing the first long sports talk stint in Chicago to doing play-by-play for DePaul when they were hot, working at WGN when it was home of the Cubs and the Bears. But this man was Chucky Appleseed. He went and sold basketball up in hockey country in Toronto. And you called Kobe's 81 points, right? Weren't you there That's at courtside? So yes. that comes up. What did you write about? What did, what's the snapshot? What's the, what's the snapshot in your mind? Somebody talks about Kobe Bryant's 81. Wow. Well, it was a uh, Sunday night, 6 o'clock, um, dreary Southern California day. And you got the Lakers, a good team, but not a great team that season. And you had the Raptors, and the Raptors weren't very good. And so it was basically uh, an NBA game between Smoosh Parker, Chris Mim, Lamar Odom, and oh, by the way, Kobe Bryant. And the Raptors, <laughs> Stephen Mike, uh, the Raptors led by 18. 18 points in the third quarter. And there was a play where Kobe came up with a steal at midcourt and a slam. And all of a sudden that ignited things and the crowd got into it. The team got into it and Kobe was a one man wrecking crew. And he not only had a chip on his shoulder to single-handedly bring his team to, you know, contention and ultimately a victory. He had a boulder on his shoulder and, Sam Mitchell, the head coach of the Raptors, threw everything at him. And whether it was Matt Bonner, Jalen Rose, Chris Bosh, Mike James, Mo Peterson, a litany of players, they couldn't stop him. He was going to the basket. He was hitting threes. He was going to the foul line. And so he's at the stripe with 79 points. 
and the crowd is going AED, AED. (laughs) 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 And I'm I'm on the air. I'm doing TV for the Raptors in those days. And I, you know what? I did what any good television play-by-play announcer and analyst should do. We didn't say a word. We just let the picture tell the story. And so he got to 80. The crowd's going crazy. He gets to 81. And Phil takes him out of the ball game. And to this day, and, and I mean, I've covered a lot of games, Steve, as you have, as Mike has. It is the single most magnificent performance by an athlete that I have personally seen where I've been in the arena as a fan. I've seen a no-hitter, but for a man to score 81 points was unbelievable. No doubt, and that's, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, appreciated Kobe while he was playing. A lot of people didn't like Kobe (laughs) while he was playing because of the team he played on and because of maybe how he played, and there was always, just like there is now the LeBron MJ stuff, there was the Kobe MJ stuff. But I think, and especially... Uh, since his passing, there's been a, a ton of appreciation for just what a special player that, that Kobe Bryant was. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, we're, we're talking about a human being. We all have flaws, and I get that. But I'll share one other story, and I, you're probably running out of time. You need to go to a break. But Steve and Mike, um, his agent, Rob Polinka from Lake Forest, <clears throat> I, I got to know Rob very, very well. Uh, to the point where when he was going to law school at the University of Michigan, he was my broadcast partner, and we became very, very close. And so when he graduated from law school, he got an internship to work under Arne Tellum, who was the super agent of NBA players. Mm-hmm. And Rob eventually broke away from the Tellum organization, became his own agent, and became Kobe's agent. So... After Kobe scored the, and he had introduced me to Kobe before, but after the 81-point game, the next time the two teams played, we did a one-on-one interview with Kobe. From that moment on, every time, and I'm not embellishing this, every time the Raptors or when I went to the Bulls in 2008 played the Lakers with Kobe, he would put aside five minutes of his time before a game, and we'd just talk. We just talked, and I'm not going to exaggerate that we were close friends. We were not. This was just a professional sit-down. How are you doing? What's going on? We talk a little bit about the league or about him and what's in his world. And so when he passed away, my, my heart broke because I don't think we I, – I think as a fan of, of him – I'm not, I mean, to the second half of his life would have been incredible without basketball. And so, you know, I think of Kobe often because all these young kids who are playing in the NBA, that was their idol, mm-hmm. you know, the Mamba yep. mentality. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that, uh, that story up, Stephen. Thank you. I meant to get to that before. I'm glad we had the chance. I'm sure we'll have a chance more. You want to hear Chuck's stories. You want to read Chuck's stories. The book is called Always a Pleasure. It's a time of give yourself a gift. Read this, buy this book, Eckhart's Press. Give somebody you love. a hoop. Anybody who's involved in Chicago sports, trust me, this book's for you. This is wonderful history, some wild stuff. 
it wasn't just what was going on the field in the Sandberg game. There was other stuff going on. And Chuck tells you the story. Always a pleasure is the book, Eckhart'sPress.com. And Chuck will be back on the airwaves tomorrow, tomorrow night. Bulls at the Thunder, along with Bill Wennington and Alyssa Bergamini. Chuck, thanks for your time. Have a happy, safe, healthy holiday. Thank you. And I might add one thing. Part, um, part of the proceeds of the book go to Chicago Bulls charities to help children and families in need in our area, which they desperately need. So I thank you for that very much, Stephen and Mike. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all of the uh, score listeners. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Swirsky, legend, Chicago legend. I mean, you're talking about a guy just doing sports talk the way, helped shape it in 1979 and what it became. And he did play-by-play and DePaul and the Bears and the, and the Cubs. And then he sold basketball and hockey country in Toronto. It was He's an amazing man. The story's there. Always a pleasure. And we're lucky to have him on the score airwaves, calling play-by-play for the Bulls and being a guest on shows like this. Sure. It's wonderful. Nope. Love this. And, love and, this horse. and Steve, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And you think about what he just said about Kobe. I mean, you're talking about one of the world's most famous athletes. And Chuck made it a point to say, hey, listen, you know, even though it's Kobe Bryant, once, you know, the intro was made, Kobe made time for him every single time. That's just how he was. Well, we'd like to thank Chuck for doing just that as well. It'd be very easy to say, you know what? I don't want to come on on Thanksgiving. Chuck is not that guy, and we really appreciate having him on. Indeed. Indeed. So are you watching the World Kickball Tournament at all? Uh, I am watching from afar. I have seen uh, highlights, but not uh, not directly. I, I, I have never been Mr. Soccer, but I am certainly you know paying attention to the results. I have no use for the kickball <laughs> game, the kickball tournament, but I saw something the other day that was the best thing I've seen this week, and so I'll share that next. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Almost time for turkey sandwiches. Steve Rosenblum. Mike Esposito. On 670, The Score in Odyssey Station. Turkey Day. It's here. That means football. It's here, too. It's right here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito with you. We're the pregame. For the pregame, after us, top of the hour at yo 11 o'clock, Bills at Lions, pregame for Bills at Lions, 11.30 to 3. And 3.30 will be Giants at Cowboys. You're going to get Bills-Lions at the Bills' new home field, Ford Field. There you go. To play their second game in four days. And I love the idea that they they had to get the players out on snowmobiles, and that neighbors would come and shovel the players out of their their homes in their neighborhood so they could get out of the out of the house or out of the garage. You know, the, the, six feet of snow dumped in Buffalo in 24 hours. The whole the whole snowmobile thing <laughs> reminds me of another Christmas movie, Die Hard 2, where they use the snowmobiles very effectively uh, in that one. So there you go. By the way, we were discussing Thanksgiving movies. And texters had weighed in on this. And there's a 773 texture. There's an underrated Thanksgiving movie starring Ed O'Neill called Dutch that was written by John Hughes. I don't you believe I have t- seen. No, I have not. Uh, the 
the 224 te A224 texture. It's controversial, but trading places starts on Thanksgiving, and I think it's more more Christmas than New Year's kind of thing. So it's a thanks because it starts there, but but it might be more Christmas depending when the where your story arc is. <clears throat> and A one A one five texture says due date is a must-see for the Wake and Bake Club, by the way. <laughs> I have not seen that one. But I can tell you, so Trading Places is interesting, right? Because you could go with, you know, you, you've got the Dan Aykroyd part in the Santa suit shoving fish under his Santa suit, right? I mean, where he's got, uh, you could say, hey, well, it's a Christmas movie because it's set around Christmas. But there's also the part, and I see it every year, and I participate in it as well, and I love it. The part where you get uh, Eddie Murphy uh, on the train doing the Merry New Year part. So every New Year's Eve, Merry New Year gets tweeted out uh, or texted out or whatever to to all the, the masses. And I laugh at it every year and I enjoy it. And I'm sure I've sent it out to people, too. So you, you could make an argument, I guess, for, for any of the three. Uh, due date is it's Robert Downey Jr.'s got to get home from Atlanta and wackiness and merriment and hijinks ensue because one of his one of somebody he runs into at the airport and doesn't get on a plane is zach galifianakis and his dog and and amazingly zach plays a pothead they need to go buy pot and they get in trouble and all that kind of stuff so there's all kinds of that going on i don't know if it's set over thanksgiving the way planes trains and automobiles is but it sounds like one of these one of these wacky buddy movies. That's what due date sounds like. Just not with John Candy and Steve Martin. No, <laughs> it, it is uh, on Wikipedia. It is noted as a black comedy <laughs> road film directed by Todd Phillips. And yeah, there's Robert Downey and, and Zach Galifianakis. So, yeah. So we'll have Bill's Lions Day on Thanksgiving because it's not a movie. It's real life. Bill's and Lions on the score, followed by Giants at Cowboys. And the night game, Patriots at Vikings. That will be this evening, the scores date. Me and Espo, by the way, will be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We'll be working from 6 to 10 on the score. <clears throat> Still living in fear of the Bulls playing the Thunder, the team under 500. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. They don't do that. The kickball tournament, I have no use for kickball. Uh, FIFA is depraved and disgusting. The country it's being held in is depraved and despicable. Doing business there, doing business with them. It's just, I, I, you know, I wish the United States hadn't shown up. I'd be much more of a kickball fan if they hadn't shown up and said, you know what? We think you people are pretty sick. We're not showing up. I mean, we, <clears throat> we did once pull out of the, our country pulled out of an Olympic Games because of yeah. where it was being held in the Soviet Union. And then they did the same thing to us. And we won all kinds of medals, just like they won all kinds of medals in 1980. But you don't have to play. And besides, the right. men's team doesn't, isn't any good anyways. It'd be a really good way to, we're going to suck anyways. We don't know how to play this kickball game. Why don't we make a good political statement? And Joe Biden could have said, you know what? We think these people are despicable. They're depraved. We're not showing up. But that's it. They showed up. And I'm not, intrinsically, I don't find the game interesting. But I do find the fans and countries interesting. That's, the, that's what is really intriguing 
not just the hooligans, which has been, they're always up for, they're always a good laugh, whichever hooligans, whichever country there is. But Germany faced Japan. This is the best thing I saw this week. Germany, longtime kickball, legendary kickball units, lost to Japan. Japan fans stayed to clean up trash from the stands. They brought their own trash bags. They brought their own zip ties. They brought their own backpacks. They collected all their trash in the blue trash bags from all of their seats in their section where the fans were, and they cleaned up after the game. Very Japanese the, of them. Yes, they, absolutely. They, this is an act of respect, and they're a country sure. about respect, and they've they've carried this out, this act out at various tournaments, and I just had never seen it, and it struck. It's always worth mentioning, even if they've done it before, but to see them doing this where they're not even celebrating. Come on, you upset Germany. Your fans are going to be celebrating. You're going to turn it into Wrigleyville. That's what you're going to do, right? No, they're going to clean up first. And then I, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm reminded of uh, when you, to- when you uh, just gave that story. I always uh, reflect back when you talk about concerts because – that's what you get, you know, all these raucous rock bands. They always talk about how respectful the Japanese audiences are. And a lot of times they just sit there and watch and, you know, just clap politely after the songs instead of the, you know, normal concert craziness that you see everywhere else. And uh-huh. the rock acts are thrown by that. They're like, what is this? Like, this is not, you know, but that's that's the Japanese culture. And that's, that's uh, very nice to hear that they're doing that uh, at the World Cup. Cleaning up after themselves. I, I... I had, it, it was mentioned in this report that they have done this before, the Japanese fans. I've never seen that. I'm sure that'll co- be coming to, you know, <clears throat> Cub fans invading Milwaukee. They'll clean. I mean, Bulls fans, they'll, they'll clean up after themselves. Hell, Bulls fans. I mean, Cubs fans, they'll do that. They go to Milwaukee. They'll clean up after themselves, right? Isn't that what's going to happen? Aren't <laughs> they going to? Isn't that what's going to go on next? Didn't didn't Carlos Zambrano once throw a no hitter during a quote home game up in Milwaukee? What was the uh, reason yeah. for that? You remember that one? That was Hurricane Ike. Hurricane oh, that's Ike right. Th- yeah, through Houston. That's and right. The Astros game that was supposed to be the Astros home game was moved that's, to Milwaukee. That's right. Of course. And Where else? It was a rainy night, and the roof was closed, and and twenty three thousand people. I think we're in attendance, but there'll be a million who said they were there when Zambrano threw a no-hitter. Hurricane Ike, I think, came through Houston and said, hi, bye, good luck to you. Go play in Milwaukee. Yeah. Did you ever see a no-hitter? You know, Chuck was mentioning that. Did you ever see a no-hitter in person? Did you ever cover a no-hitter? I I have not. No, I I, I was there, and actually this is a very – the most historic, I guess you would call it, aside from the 2003 Cubs – uh, whatever you want to call it, against the Marlins that I covered. The coolest thing I covered, I happened to be there for Jim Tomey's 500th home run. It was a Sunday afternoon on the south side, and Mitch sent me because it was also the, I want to say it was the Bears opener or the Bears home opener. 
So we had all kinds of people at Bears, but because of the outside chance that Tommy was going to hit 500, he sent me to Sox, and I was one of the only radio people there, and it was pretty awesome. So that was uh, that was a random happenstance. But no, I have not done a no hitter. Well, I I did, and in fact, I covered a perfect game. It was one of the worst things I ever wrote, and one of the things I hated most. Oh. In 19, 1984, it was my first year on a major league beat. I was covering the Angels for the L.A. Daily News, which that was like the Daily Herald. It was a suburban paper, and we all circled around the L.A. Times. <clears throat> the Angels had already choked. These were the Angels of Reggie Jackson, Rod Carew, Doug DeCincis, Bobby Gritch, and yep. they'd already choked to the Royals. They ended the season with a road trip to Kansas City and Texas. They lost it, and and Ned Yost did something to hurt them. So they go to Texas. Season's over. And we're trying to get out. And I wasn't going to the playoffs. So I was just trying to get from Texas home to L.A. And on getaway day for the season, not just the – a homestand, not just a series. Mike Witt, one of the least likable people in baseball history. Mike Witt <laughs> threw a perfect game. I remember that one. Yep. <clears throat> Nobody liked Mike Witt. Nobody liked the idea that he suddenly made our days a lot longer when we had timed airport runs based mm-hmm. on, okay, the game should be like this. It'll be over. Nobody cares about the game. This is it. Just do some season reflection, and then we'll add to it. And then all of a sudden, the least likable guy, one of the least likable guys on the team, throws a perfect game, and it has to matter. And a a friend of mine who wrote it, who read what I had written, said, you were really angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're correct. I'm sorry that came through, but that's the truth. I don't like the guy. I didn't like the team. I didn't like the way he, you know, it's just, I did not have a, an appreciation of what I was watching. But one of the other guys in the press box was Tim Kirkchen. He was covering the Rangers at that time. Okay. And all of a sudden, I don't remember what his reaction was. He probably it was ecstatic. Here it is. They, all the numbers about a perfect game on the last day of the season kind of thing. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyways, yep. I did I did cover that. Hey, by the way, Mark Grody, our guest at nine o'clock, we yeah. asked him a we asked him a question and he answered on Twitter. Oh so we will we will bring that to you before we get out of here on our Thanksgiving show. I'm Steve Rosenblum, he's Mike Esposito, Bears News coming up. Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on six seventy the score. In Odyssey Station. On this Odyssey Station, you hear us broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app. Do it today. Visit the BetQL.com website. We will be doing this again tomorrow, me and Espo, only from 6 till 10. We should mm-hmm. take attendance, right? We should do that. We if we have to that. get up, you have to get up with us. That's the way it should be. I don't know which one of us will be <clears throat> Molly, which one of us will be 
Haw, but I think that's will be in that formation or maybe it, yeah, I think that's where we'll we're figure it have out. To figure it out, yeah. So what we have figured out is Mark Rohde got us an answer. We yes, discussed he did. this we discussed this issue in the nine o'clock hour when Mark came on before he went to Hallis Hall and it's coordinator day. So there'd be Luke Getze and Alan Richmond and and David Hightower and or Richard Hightower or Hi Hightower or Moon Tower, as we called it in Dazed and Confused. There's a new fiesta in the making. <laughs> uh, the question was this, because we, we heard Trent Dilfer say flat out, if Trevor Simeon is a quarterback behind this line and drops back, he will get killed. This is a good Jets defense. This is a bad pass protection bears offensive line trevor simeon will get killed so he said okay if he gets killed then we'll all find out why nathan peterman is one of the worst quarterbacks ever i mean the guy's quarterback rating is below cade mcnown's so you just I have had to forgotten know, he was on the roster actually you just have to know this and then what and so we were debating this like where who who'd be the guy and mark Got us an answer. Tweeting out, if it came down to it, David Montgomery would likely be the emergency quarterback per Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. So there you, you have go. to have one. And, and, David, and I imagine, imagine it being much like the Walter Payton of, of my childhood, where you knew if, if worse came to worse, that Walter would, would line up as quarterback. And I think David Montgomery is a good uh, – a good uh, present-day uh, representation of that. So when he drops back and gets killed in the pocket. <laughs> I imagine what, lots of wildcats. <laughs> then what? Then who? Really, who would be the guy after that? Uh, at that point, we're just going to run uh, Cole Komet, uh, gonna, you know, quarterback sneaks or whatever. I mean, who knows? We're going to take a knee. We're just going to take a knee. That would be That would be a thing, yeah, if it came down to it that it would be somebody after David Montgomery. Okay. So asked and answered, and there you go. That's, that's the thing. I don't know what the quarterback depth chart would read like after that emergency, emergency quarterback. Where's Scott Foster? That's what I want to know. Scott Holy Foster. Holy cow. Yeah. The e-bug of all time. That was, that was it. That would be a seven, seven, three texture wants me to stop calling a kickball. Respect the sport and its sports fans, please. You know, you really just got to stop doing please be a please like my sport kind of guy. I don't need to respect the sport if I don't want to. I don't need to respect the fans and riots and hooligans and all that. I am entitled to make my own decisions on that. You can make yours. Thank you for sharing. Uh, two two four texter suggests The Exorcist, best holiday movie ever. Pea soup, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't I tell you what that's a movie that I made myself watch once and only once and I will never watch it again uh, but yeah disturbing to say the least <laughs> yeah yeah well if it were a disturbing holiday or more right. disturbing than your your brother-in-law or whatever it is you know always relatives there's going to be bigger gatherings so you're going to have more relatives that you think oh this will be great we finally get together like and then 
you'll want to go back to the COVID days of like, I want to be prevented from ever being around those people again. Can, can we, <laughs> Allison Arbody, can, can she come back and just say that? Can, can Fauci come out and say, no, don't be around these relatives anymore? Well, and, and can I tell you, so one of the best Thanksgivings we ever had, and it was uh, Stacy and I and the three kids, and actually my in-laws came as well, but five years ago, so this is pre-pandemic, 2017, we spent the week of Thanksgiving at Disney World, and it was, it was great. I mean, the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving was a madhouse because it's Disney World, it's Florida, and not only do you have tourists, but you have locals, and the whole world is off that day. But it was, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by how awesome Thanksgiving week was at Disney World. It was really cool. I have a pro tip for those of you visiting California. Talk the, to me. The, not you, you're not Jewish. You need to be Jewish. That's, <laughs> I got you. That's, this is the pro tip I experienced with my, with my kids. We were out there over... Because we could only go to California during their winter break. And that's what we did. It was a good time to get out of here. And on Christmas Eve day, at that time, Magic Mountain, Six Flags Magic Mountain, was open. But it's Christmas Eve day. And the people who observe Christmas were not observing all of the roller coasters and the lines. They were doing what you do. We rode Batman 14 straight times. Wow. We got on the ride, took the ride, got off the ride, walked right back around to, front, to the front, and got right back on. We were the line. <laughs> That's who we were. Me That's and great. Brandon and Allison and a cousin Jared. And we did that 14 times in a row. We rode Batman. Pro tip. It pays. It's it pays that you know what if you Jews don't always have to worry about going to movies and, and whatever the stereotypes about eating Chinese food and all that other kind of stuff. Just go to an amusement <laughs> park Christmas Eve day. You'll have it to yourself, I think. Although yeah. you you were pretty was it busy or was it just less nope. less terrorizing than you thought. It was it was less terrorizing than I thought, with the exception of the Wednesday, the day before, which was a madhouse at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, but Thursday, it's Thanksgiving Day, right? But I mean, you still had all your tourists there, but it was nice. They did uh, various different Thanksgiving things. But, you know, we're with our kids. We're with our family. We were there knowing, you know, knowingly we planned it over Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was good. It was uh, it was it was a fun it was a fun trip. It was a good week. And uh, certainly. Uh, having, you know, short sleeves and shorts on during Thanksgiving was something new for, for, for we Chicagoans, right? So that was, that was a, a positive. Yeah, that's a thing. That's the way to do it. That's, that's seeking, seeking warmth. That's a good thing. So we're going to do this tomorrow. We are sort of the pregame for the pregame show. And when we get off the air uh, at 11, after us will be the pregame for Bills Lions. So you have Bills Lions on this radio station. We are the score, 670 AM. So you get the Bills in their new home field at Ford Field against the Lions, the one of the three teams, one of every team in the division that has beaten the Bears this year. And after that will be Giants at Cowboys in NFC at NFC East showdown after the Cowboys eviscerated Vikings in Minnesota. And they'll take on the Giants. And those same eviscerated Vikings will be at home 
hosting Bill Belichick. So I guess if it's a big game, you can expect the Vikings to lose because Kirk Cousins is going to suck, right? Isn't that what we determined, Espo? <laughs> we have we have determined that. And and uh, if you're a if you're a standings watcher and you know the record, you know the Vikings are are way ahead in the in the NFC North, but you haven't really looked at their stats or their points for points against Kirk Cousins and all of that. Uh, they're eight and two, but they've given up more points than they've scored. And yes, I would call them. Uh, fraudulent is probably too strong a word, but I don't think they're eight and two. Let's put it this way. Let's put it that way. When we come back tomorrow, me and Mike Esposito, we will discuss news out of Hallis Hall today. It's the coordinator day. And yep. Mark Grody is up there, and we will get all of Mark Grody's football information. Uh, we will be on from six in the morning till 10. We will discuss, we will discuss what the coordinators had to say as they prepare probably to play without Justin Fields. And the defense to play without much, I don't know, they have some hope, I guess, but maybe without that that safety they drafted highly and then maybe without their, their first two draft picks. We'll see yep. what concussion protocol is. And we will discuss Bears and the Hall of Fame. One who should be a gimme and one I have a plan to get him into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to run it by Espa. I so we'll do it. that tomorrow. Wait. Yeah, our phone number, you can be call us bright and early or text us, 312-644-6767. Thanks for listening on Thanksgiving. We hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, despite being with your family. And, <laughs> and we miss you safe and happy times. Right, Espo? Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We appreciate you out there, uh, scoreheads, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to my family, those of which I will not see today. We'll see you soon. And uh, Rosie, we'll talk to you again in the morning, my friend. We'll do that. And when now Cesar Perez gets to go home, and that's what we've all been waiting for. That's right. We Thank are, you, Cesar. We are Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bulls fans, Nikola Vucevic here. This is your official radio home for Chicago Bulls basketball. Three balls. Listen every moment of the action right here on Sports Radio 670 to score in the Odyssey app. When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast, even if your symptoms feel mild. Ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCOVID19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary. The high- Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.